Every day we take our lives into our own hands when we consume vitamins and supplements. By not knowing the right ones to take or when, we could be doing a disservice to our health, or even worse, could be endangering it. Welcome to your Daily Dose with Doreen Doucette. Now you have a resource to help you use supplements, vitamins, and natural health more safely and effectively. Here is your host, Doreen Doucette. Good morning and welcome to your Daily Dose. With all of the current turmoil that we're in with the COVID-19 pandemic, many people are appearing to be grasping at straws and taking anything and everything they read online literally. From some that are trying to drink chlorine bleach to keep the virus at bay and or kill it, and the Poison Control Center having to put out an advisory statement regarding the hazards of this practice, to essential oil companies making statements that they are now an essential service. I realize that we all want to prevent this virus from attacking us, our family members, and our friends. However, we really need to take proper precautionary measures and not endanger ourselves in many other ways. So many people have been messaging me stating that because they've seen online and on social media that ibuprofen should not be taken if you have symptoms or if you have have the actual positive testing. I began to become really concerned with this, so I decided that I was going to call a pharmacist that I know to have this information verified. Is it true or is it not? And why? What would be um, in ibuprofen that would really worsen the virus? So my response from the pharmacist was as follows. As of yesterday, Health Canada has released information that there is no scientific evidence that established a link between ibuprofen or other NSAIDs, which are non-steroidal steroidal anti-inflammatories, and the worsening of COVID-19 symptoms. Now, the Government of Canada is monitoring the situation closely, and they're reviewing new information and reports as it becomes available. I also decided to contact the company regarding the essential oil statement, and no, the essential oil companies are not considered an essential service. So unfortunately, there are so many scams out there that want to profit off of people's fears that we're not only having to be mindful of washing our hands, not touching our face, social distancing, etc., that now we have to be extremely careful of what we're reading and where and who the information source is. So today... I'd like to welcome back Jane Lawson of Natural Approach School and Therapies. Jane has been with us here in the past to talk about her essential oils, as well as the natural therapies that she practices and teaches. Today, we'd just like to go over some precautions that we can do to help keep ourselves safe, as well as the people that we love and the friends around us. So I thank you again, Jane, for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to have you back again. Hi, Doreen, and welcome to all your listeners. Thank you for having me. So, precautions that we're going to use or, or to, to stay safe, try to stay safe from catching virus. We've heard that the virus is going to stay in the throat for up to four days prior to going into the lungs. Now, we know that gargling with salt and water has always been really beneficial. So, would there be any essential oils that we could or should use that would be more beneficial than just the salt and water? Right. First off, obviously, I've I've got to be very careful what I am saying here because I don't want everybody to say what I'm saying is gospel. Um, So the main point I want to make is everybody is an individual. And over and above what I'm saying here, which I'll try and keep general and safe for everyone, but your best bet is to always have a word find out who your local aromatherapist is or your clinical aromatherapist is even better and have a word with them because they can do something that's bespoke to you and with any underlying health issues that you've got and medication that you might be taking so moving on to the gargling thing um why ruin a good you know old-fashioned remedy for a bit of a sore throat um but if you do want to try something that's a bit antiviral you can take just a drop of tea tree, add it to a glass of pre-boiled but cooled down so it's at a comfortable temperature of warm water, but make sure you constantly keep turning it around in the glass, you know, using um, 
like a plastic spoon or a wooden spatula type thing, a small one. But please don't use metal because it interferes with the essential oil. And then gargle with that, but make sure you don't swallow it. What it will do more than anything, actually, it's got um, analgesic properties in it. So it will actually stop um, or it can help to stop the soreness in the throat and yes obviously and again i've got to be careful what i'm saying it does have antiviral properties so yes there is a strong possibility it might <laughs> oh gosh um kill off the virus if you've got that in your throat okay how often would you recommend someone gargle with that well, with the tea tree, and if you're gargling with it, really, I mean, the effects of it should last, you know, three to four hours. Um, if it's killed off the virus, then obviously it's not going to come back. But the minute it starts coming back again, you've got no problem at all doing it again. But try and spread it out, you know, until you start feeling your, your throat getting a bit scratchy again and then doing it then. So obviously different people, there might be two hours, other people it might be four other people it might work quicker for and it might last six or eight hours before you have to do it again. Would you recommend that that parents get their children to do this or would you prefer that the children just stick with the salt and water? I'd, I'd prefer that they didn't because children obviously can notoriously choke. Some don't know how to gargle properly and then they'd end up swallowing it and ingesting it in. So I would rather that children didn't. Okay. Since there's been such a shortage of the commercially produced hand sanitizer, we've been seeing the recipe of uh, rubbing alcohol and aloe vera that we can make at home. Um, a lot of the recipes would recommend that we could add essential oils to this mixture. Which ones would be most beneficial if you recommend adding any at all? Right. First of all, I don't recommend that you make it at home yourself because it can be quite dangerous to do that. Secondly, and I certainly wouldn't be adding any essentials to a hand sanitizer. The problem is that people don't realize that when you use these hand sanitizers, you know, the gels with the alcohol and the aloe vera in them, they've got special preservatives in them that don't interfere with what, the, what those will do. You start mixing up your own alcohol that you can get the isopropyl with the um, aloe vera. If you don't get the, the quantities just right, you're not going to have the right balance within that. And again, you're not going to have the right pres preservatives in it to keep it, um, you know, clean, if you like, itself. And people don't realize when you do use the commercial one, when you put it on your hands, you see everybody, we all, you all do it. You put some on your hand, you rub it all over your hands, until it's all gone in and that's it. No, it's the wrong way to actually use them. You're supposed to coat your hands, making sure you get into every bit, as you would if you were washing your hands, you know, the, the medical way, if you mm -hmm. like, of washing your hands. And you leave it on your hands to air dry, for the want of a better description, for a minute. It's while it's on your hands wet that your gel is killing the germs. It's not because you've rubbed it in. The minute you've, it's got, you take a little bit and you just rub it into your hands and you think that's fine. No, it's not. You've done absolutely, basically next to nothing to actually kill any germs you might have on your hands. Okay. Also, if you're going to put it on, you know, wash your hands first, then put it on if you want extra protection. If you haven't got soap and water to hand, then that is the way you should be using it. You should be coating your hands and leaving it on your hands wet, literally wet for a minute. For it to do its job. Okay. We even have a shortage of the isopropyl alcohol around here. We really can't find it anywhere. Um, yeah. So some people have even posted a recipe stating that if you go into the liquor store, you can use the aloe vera yeah. and like an, an 80 or higher proof of any of your favorite alcohol. Uh, no, because your favorite alcohol is not the same as isopropyl alcohol. That's it's right. a completely different thing, you know. <laughs> Yes, a lot of people now are complaining of dry and cracked hands. You know, your fingers will start cracking if you start using too much of this thing. Yeah. So really, get a really good moisturizing soap and wash your hands. The gel sanitizers need to be wet on your hands for a minute. And please don't overuse them because you start getting cuts in your skin. And that's another way this virus can get in. Okay. Um, we have some classification of herbs that are considered antibacterial. Some of those are being garlic, honey, 
ginger, echinacea, golden seal, clove, and oregano. Are there essential oils that are in this classification um, as well? Like I know there is a clove and there's an oregano oil. Are they in the same classification as the actual herb? Right. First of all, I don't want people to mix up herbs and essential oils. They are, yes, they come from the same plant, same product, if you like, but they're, the way they work is completely and utterly different, completely and utterly different. Hence the reason why people sometimes think, oh, well, I use oregano in my cooking. I'll go and swallow a bit of oregano oil. No, it's not the same thing at all. And you are running massive, massive risks with your life. But yes, there are essentials that are in the antiviral group. Um, what we call antivirals, that is because their chemical makeup have these antiviral um, chemical compounds in them. Most modern medicine starts off by looking at the plants first to see what they need out of certain plants. So, you know, you're looking at antiviral oils, and I'm going to try and keep these ones simple for people, but you're looking at things like thyme essential oil, tea tree, which was already mentioned, eucalyptus, lavender, lime, palmarosa. They're good general antiviral oils. Um, they do have contraindications, some of them. So again, please check with an aromatherapist. Drop them an email, you know, drop them a text message, whatever. Just double check that they're appropriate for you to use or your family to use. How would you use some of those? Different ways. I mean, one-on-one -on -one with my clients, I'm making them up bespoke blends, obviously. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of what I call the super antiviral oils, which are not the ones that I've mentioned there, by the way, um, cropping up for clients. But I tend to put them in sniffy sticks, into nasal inhaler. I call them sniffy sticks. Mm -hmm. um, so that they can actually inhale them through the nose. That will get to the upper respiratory. And it will also get to the back of your throat as you inhale. Um, then if you feel you need it to get it further into their lungs, then they can actually suck on them. Um, so, you know, vaporizing essential oils in your home through the diffusers mm -hmm. or a, the traditional ceramic burner with a candle, but be careful of the candle, obviously is another way. Um, I've been using, instead of the hand sanitizer, because I don't particularly like those things anyway, um, obviously not being an aromatherapist, but actually I've been using floral water and I've been adding oh, hydrosols, I should say, because there is a difference between floral waters and hydrosols as well. So I've been using hydrosols, which are a byproduct of the distillation process of essential oils. So in other words, they have got the most tiniest amount of essential oils in the water and I've been using that but adding essentials to it as a hand sanitizer hand spray but I also because I'm sorry I'm a terrible one for touching my face I can't help it so I often spritz my face as well so at least I know if there's anything on my face and it's not going to harm my skin or anything with the blender come together and it's just great it's just hopefully so far touch hairy wood mm -hmm. you know all these months and possibly been in contact with people who've been diagnosed with it i'm still i would say either the invisible super spreader <laughs> or i'm actually I'm, I'm probably actually okay i'm probably actually okay let's hope but you know when you're when you're speaking of touching your face and you think that you're so bad i think most of us we don't realize how many times in the run of a day we will touch our face and it doesn't no. matter doesn't matter um how i keep thinking i can't touch my face i can't touch my face as soon as i'm not touching my face it seems like my eye itches or you know something makes you want to touch your face Yep, and, and people forget to swell their hair. Yes. They're running their hands through their hair and they're spreading it into their hair. Yes, and you know, I didn't even think of the hair. But yeah, you know, it, it, our hands are, are constantly around our face, that is for sure. And in Nova Scotia today, um, we have just been declared on a state of emergency. So our, our um, COVID-19 has certainly risen over the past few hours. For our elderly population... They they have much more sensitive skin, um, I feel, than most of the general population. Is there something that you would recommend that they use that's going to be safer for them and not as harsh? 
Okay, well, first of all, to deal with this thing, you're not going to be putting it on your skin anyway, per se. All right, so really what you're looking at with the elderly is the essential oils, because nine times out of ten, they will have other underlying health issues and on medication. So really for the elderly, you're looking at these really safe oils, um, mainly citrus oils. They're pretty much okay, and they're really good antiviral oils. Um, so you could use them, you know, if if you do have an elderly person at home, that you could use that in a diffuser or put, put a few of the citrus oils in a sniffy stick. They don't have to go poking up their nose. They can just take a nice, you know, smell of it. Not only that, the citrus oils are very emotionally uplifting because the elderly are going to worry more Although, having said that, I've come across a few elderlies who've gone, do you know what? So what? You know, I'm of an age now. If this is what I'm going to go out with, that's what I'm going to go out with. But on the whole, you know, it, co it goes for all of us. You've got to keep your spirits up. You've got to keep your emotions up. Don't get panicked. Don't get worried. You know, keep focused on, you know, extra cleanliness, you know, around your home, inside your car even. People are forgetting about their cars um you know and so for the elderly i would go just with the citrus oils and just put them in a diffuser or a sniffy stick or you know those really tiny little jam jars you get sometimes in a hotel yes the, the really little jam jars you know with your marmalade in the morning or whatever yeah. you know you've got little jars like that lying around get a cotton wool ball put some of the essential oils on that seal it up and then when they want to smell it if you can't get sniffy sticks because my supplier, I managed to get the last five packs he had. Oh, my. Uh, you know, so we're starting to look at other alternatives like that. So those little jam jars are, are excellent. Because you can take the lid off, have a little bit of a sniffy of that, or leave it open for five or ten minutes, and then close it up. And then if you need to change the oil, take out the cotton wool and stick another ball in and stick some more oils in. Now, we still, if we're going to be diffusing and stuff, any of the antivirals, do we still have to be cautious when we're around our animals and children? Yes. Are the antivirals good for everyone or only specifics? No, the, it, it will. Okay. So certain essentials like eucalyptus, for example, that shouldn't be used around children under the age of six because it can actually cause a respiratory reaction. Okay. So people who are thinking, oh, eucalyptus, that's a good one. We'll stick that in the burner. You know, you, you could possibly be running the risk with a six-year-old if you're diffusing that. And also, if you're diffusing in the home, you only need to diffuse for about 20 to 30 minutes. Switch the diffuser off. You do not need these things on all the time. So because, again, you're going to run the risk of sensitization. Okay, so could you give us a couple of examples of good antivirals that would be good to have in a diffuser in the house if you have children and pets? Right. So, again, I'm going to revert back to the citrus oils yep. around the children. It'll lift everybody's moods up. Um, I don't know whether people can get hold of uh, one particular essential called Mei Chang. Sometimes it's known as Litsia Kubiba. That's its actual botanical name if you like okay. now that's a really good antiviral oil for airborne viruses because people are forgetting in your space i was i was saying to you before we started recording didn't i you know when we blow on a mirror just to and, and you can see the moisture the steaming up on a mirror yes so that is just to emphasize to people you know somebody doesn't have to be coughing and spluttering they're just breathing all over you and in that moisture particles could be the virus mm -hmm. if they're infected yeah. you know it doesn't take somebody to be coughing and spluttering all over you that's that is for sure you know so the, the, the if you can get a hold of that mei chang is well known and it's perfectly safe um any age group it doesn't affect any medication you might be on and it doesn't have an effect on any underlying health issues but its particular use is for airborne viruses Okay. Bacteria particularly. Okay. Micro. So you've been making um you've been making a lot of the sniffy sticks. Have you been making any other products that, that people could use for preventative measures? Right, for preventative measures I've come up with what's known as the blend, but these are not common and garden essential oils, which are safe for everybody from 
you know, children right through to the elderly. And I don't want to say too much about that because obviously you understand that if I started saying what the oils are, somebody out there is going to start putting it out. They're saying, oh, this is a blend because, you know, anybody can use it and blah, 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 blah. And it'll kill kill the coronavirus and then I'm going to get into trouble. Exactly. so, yes, there are, you know, the, it's in the sniffy stick. Um, I'm adding it as well to these, to this, uh, the hydrosols that are coming in because obviously the gels are running out. There's, there's just nothing anywhere here in the UK either. Mm-hmm. So, yes, for some people, I'm making it up in a little spray bottle so they can spray their hands with that. And at least with the hydrosols, it doesn't dry out your skin either. Okay. That's the other advantage of it. So you had mentioned previously that there's a difference between the floral water and the hydrosol. Could you define the two of them for us? Okay, so a floral water basically, do you remember when we were little girls and you'd get a bowl of water and you'd put rose petals in it and then eventually the water would just smell of roses? Yes. So that is like a maceration, if you like, in a way. It means that the the... The, the elements in the roses has gone into the water. So that is a floral water. I've seen it on the internet where people have said, oh, it's yeah, it's just some water with essential oils added to it. No, that doesn't work because oil and water in themselves do not mix. Hydrosols, like I said, are a byproduct of the distillation process. In other words, the water that, you know, they use to distill the essential oil Have a look at the distillation process, people. Um, The water that comes out the other end then, you know, separated from the essential oil, has got like micro, they're so tiny, you know, amounts of essential oil in them. And they're a lot, lot safer to use. Hydrosols are a lot safer to use than essential oils. Okay. And they're still, um, floral water is is safe as well, but it's just a, a plain floral water. A floral water, I mean, there's confusion out there. You want to make sure if you're going to buy something like that, make sure it's the hydrosol, that it's a byproduct. I mean, some people will have hydrosols, but they label them as floral waters, which is, again, confusing people. So just make sure when you buy that it is actually the hydrosol. Okay, because you see um, you see videos online and on YouTube of people making their own. They'll take the rose petals and they'll make their own. Um, I was thinking on a couple of them they were calling it hydrosols. Are they correct in saying that or are they making an actual floral water? Are you talking about when they do, it's almost like a ban marry method where you've got a bowl in the middle of your your big pot. Yes. You build, say, like rosemary or something or lavender around the outside edge. Yes. Wind water and you turn the pan lid upside down, don't you? So anything that you produce drips into that. Mm -hmm. That is one way of producing a hydrosol. Okay. Some people are drinking these, yes or no? Yes, because it's very often this is what they actually use in the food industry anyway. They're a lot, lot safer. Okay. All right. Um, are you using, are you making anything that is topical that people could use? Why would they need anything topical? This is inside you. Yes, I know. But I'm just wondering if you're making anything topical that would be um, that the scent, they're still going to have the scent on them that, that okay. may help, so, may yeah, well, make them feel better. Yeah. Yeah, with this one, the next step, I'm back in my clinic tomorrow and I'm going to be working out what I'm calling now the symptoms blend. So that can go out if somebody has got, and I want to make it a safe general blend so I don't have to sit, you know, this is for people that I, you know, can use it safely. All right. Um, Clients who get the the symptoms, um, then obviously I'll be dealing with them individually. So I'll be working on that, but also... I'm needing to look at now because obviously I've I've got people contacting me now saying I've used this gel so much my hands are so dry they're starting to crack so I'm looking at putting a very very simple cream together so that you can actually moisturize and because the oils will be in it that then could be used instead of the, the hydrosol spraying the hands so you could use that as a hand cream because the essential oils yes they'll get absorbed in through the skin but for a period of time, while you're out, they're going to give, afford you some protection. Come home, wash your hands, and then put the cream on again. Okay. All right, Jane, I'm going to take a break for a minute. And when we come back, um, we're going to talk about preventative in our external area. Okay? okay. So I will see you in just a moment. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Visit Doreen's website at dmurphydoucette.com and click the radio tab to purchase your supplement and dosha questionnaire. It will allow you to know your body dosha and what supplements, vitamins, and minerals your body requires at any given time. You'll receive a report by email that gives you all of the required information. You'll learn which foods give you your required supplements, and you have the option to purchase your report in printed book form and have it mailed directly to you. Visit dmurphydoucette.com today. Women's Health now has a new voice. Tune in for She Talks Health with host Sophie Shepard. Each week, she'll discuss the issues that affect women today, from infertility to mental health to illnesses like Hashimoto's and endometriosis. Sophie and her guests have these topics covered. You'll also learn how to biohack nutrition and lifestyle tips for a woman's body. It's time to hear the answers you need to hear. She Talks Health is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to your daily dose. If you have a question for Doreen Doucette or her guest today, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dose at gmail.com. Now, back to your daily dose. Okay, Jane, we are back again. And before we're looking at um, external things around us for us to be able to do preventative measures with, being a reflexologist, is there anything that you are noticing different on people's feet when you're doing treatment? Are they beginning to get sick and, and you're noticing this in their feet? Right. Well, I have been noticing over and I've been keeping an eye on it for the last three months, obviously, since January in the UK. So obviously, I'm paying particular attention to people's respiratory system, um, the general lymphatic system and also their nervous system, because I've got my own theory on that one. But over the last three weeks here in the UK with clients, what I have started noticing and I'm I'm very flummoxed by this one and I have run it past some of my you know other reflexology friends and they're keeping an eye open for it now and it only appears on the right foot and it's like a sleeping policeman you know the road humps that you go over so it's like a rod Mm -hmm. and it suddenly appears in that point which I've never ever seen in 30 years of doing reflexology never Um, you start working on it it'll break down so it gets to the crunchy stage as a reflexologist might try and describe it I'll leave it alone carry on with the rest of the reflex go back and it's gone so I had a big session there was about 15 of us um, on a video call amongst my group of students and some of them like I say reflexologists and they also do other things and it was one of the girls because she's done um, acupuncture Mm -hmm. And she was saying, she traced it back and she said, that is actually the point for the bladder. And so we sort of jokingly agreed with us because we all believe as well that a lot of this that makes you susceptible to it is negative thought forms. Like people are in fear at the moment. They're panicking. They've got anxiety issues. And I think it's manifesting in that point because the minute you've worked on it, it's gone. But it's only on the right foot. It's the bizarrest of things. So because she came back with this, it's an acupressure, acupuncture point for the bladder. Can I just say this quickly to people? It's as though we decided, yeah, because emotionally people are pretty pissed off at the moment. <laughs> and you know? we are. And we and are. Of course, during the whole treatment, they are chilling. They are relaxing. It made sense to me as well that something would show because even when we would, because um, as you know, because you've talked to me before, I was involved with the Grenfell Tower survivors and, um, 
you know, the, the, the people that were associated with that close to. And you would see a point that would come up just on the spine reflex, which is part of the nervous system. And there was a point that would come up there. And you'd work it and people would chill and the point would go. You know, we'd see them again. But gradually over time, this particular raised, it was almost like a pimple. Hmm. As they got de-stressed and further away from the trauma, it wasn't reappearing. So this is why I'm thinking now, this is definitely, I, I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm calling it my COVID point because I've got no other name for it because I've never seen it before. It's only on the one foot. Um, our right foot also tends to be to deal with right now, what's going on right now emotionally. Mm-hmm. So joining up the dots that's the closest i can get to it but i would love to hear from any other reflexologists out there who who are starting to find this one particular little bumpy bit on what is the bladder point in acupuncture wow so if anyone um the lay people around anyone go online if they looked where that bladder point is on the right foot would they be able to notice anything themselves or not yeah, because if they feel it, if they rub up and down, sort of from the ankle bone down towards um, where I'll call, if you like, towards the ring toe, the little toe, mm-hmm. it's on that part of the foot, closer to the ankle bone, though. Um, so it's before the, you know, the, the top part, raised part of the foot. Um, you'll suddenly feel this bump like you're driving over a sleeping policeman. Okay. Um, Jane, I also wanted to ask you, for people who wanted to use any essential oils as a preventative, if they're taking any homeopathic remedies or if they're using any Ayurvedic herbs, um, can these be mixed with or combined with, not mixed, but can they be combined with people using essential oils as well? Or do we have to be very careful about that? Right. I, I could tell you about the essentials and homeopathy. I'm not well up as a herbalist stroke Ayurvedic practitioner to tell you about that. Okay. But certainly with essential oils, and it's mainly the mint family. Um, eucalyptus does happen to be another one as well. But the mint family of oils, for example, you can't be using that if somebody's on a regular dose taking homeopathic you know the little ampules okay um the homeopathic remedies because it'll nullify it's the same thing with homeopathy you know you're told to take it you know 20 minutes either side of say like brushing your teeth because again brushing your teeth has got mint in it in the toothpaste yes because that will nullify the effect of the homeopathic remedy so yeah there are it they're not contraindications you're not going to do yourself any harm but you'll just nullify one against the other okay now Externally, what should we be doing um, to to surrounding surfaces around us in in the way of preventive? Well, preventive, obviously, you know, following government guidelines worldwide, you yes. know, keep your surfaces extra clean, be extra vigilant. You know, don't just wipe the handles down. I mean, I'm using at the moment. I'm just using a Dettol one, and I'm spraying the whole damn door down. You know, just. Psh, get it on there you know and just just doing the extra bits like that um cleanliness is next to godliness in this case i'm afraid Mm -hmm. you know you've really got to keep everything clean and the one thing that i'm noticing people aren't mentioning about we do know that obviously you know just if you've just been talking you know with somebody it will stay in the atmosphere for up to three hours wherever you've been talking, on that surface, on your hands, because we've got hands flapping in front of our faces when we talk. So if you've got it, you're spreading it onto your hands that way. But also people are forgetting about our clothing and our shoes. Exactly. So what should we be doing immediately with our clothing? So just to give you an idea of what I've been doing, because it's anything from three to nine hours it can stay on your clothing. So, of course, as soon as they started saying, don't cough in your hand, cough into your sleeve, and I started laughing and I'm going, but the germs are on your sleeve. Mm -hmm. For God's sake, you know, if you're going to cough or sneeze, do it into a tissue and get rid of it. Um, So what I've been doing, I've been very mindful of what clothing I put on. So I've not been wearing big coats even though it's not that cold here at the moment in the UK. So I'm not wearing any coats because I just go from my house into my car, from my car into my clinic and back again. So I don't have to worry about outerwear, if you like, as much. So when I get in, I immediately take my shoes off and I will 
spray the soles and I will spray them very lightly on the top because I don't want to damage my shoes either. So be careful what you're actually wearing on your feet. But then whatever the top layer of my clothing is, I take that off and it immediately goes into the laundry basket. Okay. And then, and it is guidelines that have come actually directly from, I think it was China that said, if you've been outside, you need to take all your clothes off and you need to take a shower. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, because it can get in your hair. Yeah. It's going to be hanging around in your hair. So unless you're wearing some kind of hat, but then it's going on your hat, so you need to wash your hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, you, if you're the only person, if, if people are in isolation and you've got a designated person that will be going out to do the shopping and stuff, it's almost like carrying out those processes. Think about all these, you know, the old Hollywood films with all these epidemics and viruses going around and stuff like that. And they go into a decontamination chamber. Think of that. You know, if somebody's been out and they're coming in, they need to strip off. They need to have a shower if they can. Or at least, you know, I've been using um, like wet wipes, but spraying it with my little blend as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll be giving myself a quick wipe down with that if I need to. Um, so you need to get, you know, get into the habit of getting your clothes off because you're then going and sitting on the sofa, you're shedding it onto the sofa, your kid could come along, put their hands on the sofa, you're not really thinking of it as something that can be passed on because we tend to think of hard surfaces. Yes. You've got to think of your furnishings as well. And what are you doing with furnishings in our different fabrics holding the virus for longer than others? Well, the fabrics will certain different ones like you say well you know it'll stay longer on wood than it will on fabric you know longer on certain things i think copper's coming out the best isn't it for it not staying on now what about what about leather leather again you've got to be careful haven't you Mm -hmm. if you've got leather sofas you've got to be careful how you treat them and what you're going to use on them so really it'd be a case of you know if you've got your leather cleaner it might be worth seeing as you're going to be stuck in the house now Go and decontaminate your whole house. Now, one good way is by diffusing the essential oils because those tiny microscopic particles, when you're diffusing, are getting into the air, but they're also landing on your furnishings. Okay. So the other thing that you need to, what I do as well, I used to do this when my children were six. I have three children. So say if one of them came home and they had like, you know, the sickness, diarrhea type bug and what have you. Well, straight away, one, they're not sharing towels. Two, whenever I did the laundry, their laundry alone would go into the washing machine. But I would also add two or three drops of thyme essential oil into the conditioner compartment so that once it goes through that cycle as well, if by any chance there's any viruses, bugs, microbes, whatever hanging around, the time's going to help to kill them off. And if you're lucky enough to have the old-fashioned airing cupboard, okay, a lot of modern homes now don't have them because they have instantaneous hot water and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're lucky enough, I miss my old airing cupboard. You know, if you've got an airing cupboard, take a cotton wool ball, Put a couple of drops or something like thyme on it or lavender, you know, one of these antique tea tree, eucalyptus, whatever you fancy. Stick it on the hot water tank. Shut the door. As soon as you open the door, obviously, you know, next time you're going to get the, uh, the air laundry out, it's gonna, you, you're going to smell it. It'll accumulate in there. So it's almost like your fumigation cupboard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Have you been making your own um, oil to spray your shoes with? No, I've just been using my blend, okay. the blender I messed up. But like I said, I don't want to put that one out because people can use the oils that I've suggested because the blend I, you know, I keep mentioning, this one is safe for you know, everybody and anybody. And the best I can do for people at the moment is, you know, I'm not trying to be secretive or anything. No. I just don't want anybody to get into trouble by saying, oh, this is the blend you need to use. Yes. You know, and then something you know not not anybody's going to get harmed or anything but i don't want pharmaceutical companies or the medical profession saying you're making medical claims which is not what i'm doing exactly exactly what about your car 
The car is the other thing, isn't it? People forget about their car. Now, in the UK, there has been going around quite a lot, and I've been doing it for weeks anyway, and I tend to do it anyway, because my father used to use a petrol, uh, own a petrol station. So I'm used to putting one of those disposable gloves on to, to put the petrol in the, or when I had diesel cars, the diesel in my car. The petrol filling stations, the handles, you know, this is this is one place that people just aren't thinking because mm-hmm. people aren't wearing the gloves. They've been rubbing their faces. They've been talking to other people that they've been communicating, etc. Petrol pumps. Just make sure you wear a disposable glove mm-hmm. you know, or at least some kind of paper towel or I've got wet wipes in the car. You know, and if I have forgotten to take my disposable gloves and the, and the garage has run out, then I will use, you know, two or three of those wet wipes. I'll spray it with my blend or, you know, if somebody else is using something else and I will use the petrol pump that way. But also, you've got to remember, once you've been out, you get back in your car, it's on your clothing. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've been in one of these supermarket rushes. It's on your hands. You've come out that supermarket. You haven't thought to wear rubber gloves or the disposable gloves while you're doing your shopping and get rid of them before you get back in your car. So you're transferring it onto your steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, if you're going out as a family, you know, this is why in places like it- Italy, I believe, they've introduced only one person in a car. Oh, okay. I know right, you, right now. I, I know the definite. They're definitely doing it in Spain because you've got couples going out to do the shopping. They're getting stopped by the police and said, no, only one person in the car. You get caught with two and they're getting fined on the spot. Wow. Now here they've asked for one person to go into the store only instead of instead of going in in a group right now. Um, Which makes sense, doesn't it? Because you don't want. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It does. There's fewer people that's going around. Get your shopping list sorted before you go and tick off what you can get and go back another day for the bits you can't mm-hmm. get. Yeah. But, you know, when we're really looking at, at everything and what this this virus can be on, when we are going into the store, even the groceries that we're purchasing and bringing out could possibly have it on it, could it not? Exactly, because that's why I'm not buying any fresh fruit or veg. Oh. Where it's loose packed. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've only been buying frozen stuff. I've only been bought buying um, any meat that I've bought. It's already pre-packed because don't forget in the factory setting, they all wear surgical gloves, you know, the, the uh, disposable gloves, masks, hair nets, hair restrainer things and what have you. Obviously, in a fruit producing um, environment, their hygiene standards have to be really, really high. Um, so I'm happy to buy something that's in packaging that's come directly from the manufacturer, like a quiche. Um, I certainly wouldn't be buying anything off salad bars. People are just breathing this thing out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be next to somebody who's got to cough. Yeah. So, you know, things like tomatoes. No, I'll buy them pre-packed because I know in that place there should be a, an element of safety where whoever's been packaging them up has been covered. They're already covered. Not because of coronavirus, because they always do it anyway. It's food hygiene. This is true, yeah. So, no way am I buying apples and all the rest of it. Even if, like, some people will come home and they will wash all of their fruits, or their fresh fruits, that's for sure. Um, They put them in the sink and I think some people were using like apple cider vinegar or there's there's some other things that you can yeah. wash them in. Is that going to be beneficial for the people who really yeah. want to have no, no. the fresh? Apple cider vinegar is well known um, to give, but it's main, that's mainly geared up for the pesticides to remove the pesticides. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to do anything for it's, the virus at all. It's be wrong that, oh, you know, that the cider vinegar will kill a virus. Mm-hmm. So what other what other information um, are you thinking of that that the general population may not be thinking of in ways to stay safe and ways to keep cleanliness? Oh, I think I mentioned one that people haven't thought about their clothing exactly. and inside their cars and things. Um, you know, and I mean, that's just a plain extension of people going on the tube, you know, don't use the handrails and stuff, you know, don't touch things. Yes. You know, if you are, make sure you're wearing gloves and you get rid of them before 
have a bin outside your front door. So you put your disposable gloves in the bin outside. Mm-hmm. You know, don't take it indoors. <laughs> now, what we're doing, what we're doing around here, and what I see a lot of is people are worried that gloves are going to become short, and the hospital and healthcare are going to need the gloves more so than the general population. So when people are going to fuel up their cars now, what they're doing is, especially if we have pets, we have to have the pet disposing bags, right? So they're taking those bags and putting them over their hand in in order to pump their gas instead of using the disposable gloves and saving that for the healthcare who probably are going to need them in the near future. Well, I can only speak for the UK, but we've already not got them on the shelves. The disposable gloves went out weeks ago. Is that right? Yeah, we haven't got them. Hmm. Not the general public. Wow. So, you know, even even if... Doreen over there. Pardon me? That's what's to come for you over there. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's coming a little bit more quickly than what we expected or what we hoped that it would come. This this thing isn't a slow moving thing. This isn't it a is fluid mo- moving thing like the press normally used to use for it's an ongoing situation. It's a fluid situation. Mm-hmm. This is now a blooming great big tsunami that's coming. Yes. Yes, it because absolutely when it is. Comes it's out of control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and literally from one day to the next, it's got exponential growth, this thing. You only have to look at the statistics and how it's growing mm-hmm. and how it's spreading. Absolutely. And it, it, is not, it is not something that is going to slow down in the near future. It doesn't seem to be anyway. It, um, it, it, the only way to slow it down is stay at home. Stay at home. Have a designated person that goes out, you know, when they do need to do the shopping. I mean, it will get to the point, you know, if it gets really horrendously bad, like in Italy, you're going to have people coming around and dropping off shopping. They'll be designated frontline people who will be coming around and doing that for you. You know, there are ways around these things. But if you don't want this thing to spread and it's it's what they're calling flattening the curve, Mm -hmm. that's what you've got to do. And everybody's got to play their part. I mean, this weekend in the UK, there's been a horrendous amount of people because we did have really lovely weather. Um, And they've been going out. They've been heading for the hills. They've been heading out you know, to remote villages and things because, oh, let's go out for the day and go and get an ice cream at the beach, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, excuse me, if you've been told to self-isolate and stay at home, why are you going out? Exactly. And they're just not doing it. They just seem to think, I'm out in the fresh air, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, taking their kids to the local parks. But again, you try stopping your four or five-year-old from seeing their friend at the other end of the park, not running over to say hello. That's right. And that is exactly what they do. And I think you know, when... You take your own responsibility for your own family. Yeah. But, you know, some people, they think, oh, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to come to me. And the weather, of course, is getting a little bit better. So people want to get out and they yeah. want to do things after the winter months. Sadly yeah. enough, um, I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's getting to the point where people have got to realize that this is not going to slow down unless we start to do what we are supposed to do, and that is to exactly. stay in. Unfortunately, unless you're lucky enough to have a garden, you know, because it will get to the point, like they're already doing it in other countries, you get caught out without, you know, the right reasons or the right passes that they're issuing to people, you're going to be in big doo-doo. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's you know? for sure. And. You know, if people are not, especially here in the UK, if they're not going to listen to the guidelines that are being set out, then more stringent measures will come in. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be at all surprised because the bill's gone through Parliament or it's going through Parliament. It should be turned into what we call, it's the way our politics works, into a law next week. And that, I mean, the police I know in certain areas around the UK have already been exercising the extra powers that they've been given to arrest certain people mm-hmm. and they're already doing it yeah and our police but in this area have been out being law you know yeah yeah our police have been giving given um extra duties or or extra powers so that they can monitor much more closely as well so you know it's it's getting there yeah that's for sure yeah. you know but the big thing is you you've you've got to follow the advice 
nobody is immune to this thing sorry because now the figures are coming out it's not the elderly it's not the very we it's been this whole bit thing about you know kids not getting it they might be carriers we know kids are super spreaders mm-hmm. you know and i think this goes back down as well to their emotions because kids are happy chappies they live in their own little happy little bubble, you know, and they don't get overworked. They don't get overwrought. So their immune system is still building up and still quite strong. They have a different mental attitude to things. But the minute now this starts setting in and the children start getting afraid, they're starting to get worried. But mm-hmm. why can't I go to school? I can't see my friend. They start getting upset. We're now starting, you know, and yes, they have got the virus. You know, the youngest person in the UK has died today, aged 18. Oh, my. Okay. So, all right. Yes, there were underlying health issues there as well. But it doesn't mean that you're 18, fit and healthy, that it's not going to get to you. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah. And this is what they're finding now with all the figures. You know, it's everybody from about 25 to 50 that they're mentioning now. You know, especially over in Italy and France and Spain, they're seeing that group. Well, if you think about it, it's only obvious that they're going to be going down with it even more than the elderly, because actually they're the ones that have still been going to work and socialising in the pubs. Yes, this is true. Well, Jane, more of them going down with that. Jane, again, um, we're just about out of time. So I want to thank you again for taking the time to be with us today. I, I wish you all the best. I hope you take care. You stay very safe in, in these times of uncertainty, that's for sure. Um, I'd like to also thank all of our listeners today. I'll be back one more time next week. And until then, I wish everyone your best health. Stay safe and please stay in. Thank you for joining us for your daily dose. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Doucette. We'll see you then.